0: So did you see my text, Bobby?
1: I did. <laughs> what are you up to? I thought that would
0: be fun. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure you have some good stories to tell, and I, I'm always willing to tell a story. Uh, but I, I thought it'd be fun for this episode of the Middle Class VO podcast to uh, uh, allow our listeners to uh, get inside our head a little bit and know a little bit about our past and our history and, and that kind of thing. And you know what helped shape us. Oh, but
1: you're such a better storyteller than me.
0: Oh, no, no. We're going to pull some stories out of you, kid. And uh, some of the things that happened to us in our past life that have helped shape where we are now, and some things that have helped, uh, some things that have happened in our voiceover careers that have helped shape where we are now. How's that sound?
1: All right. Truth or dare? Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. Pretty
0: much. (laughs) Thank goodness I got my own studio now at home, and I'm not out in an office space somewhere. <laughs> you turn that down just a little bit, But I, I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume from 9 to 11. How's that
1: going, by the way?
0: Good. Um, are you I,
1: loving it? Are you loving in your PJs?
0: I wear my stretchy pants every day, <laughs> and you know... <laughs> No, no, it's, it, I'm loving it actually. You know, I, I don't get, you know, the, the random solicitor knocking on the office door. Um, I'm able to roll out of bed, brush the buckies, get my coffee and go to work, you know? Nice. And, uh, yeah,
1: about time, huh?
0: Yeah. It's, 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 it's so much fun. Yeah, I, I do. I I missed it, I guess. I just didn't realize that I missed it. But you know, there is something about going to an office place or going to a studio for work and stuff. And I've still got one voice talent that will come here to record. Uh, but that's all I've got anymore, is just one voice talent that comes here to record. So
1: And you don't have any animals at home, do you?
0: I do. I have a little multi poo.
1: Oh my gosh, that's a Barker.
0: Yeah, she's pretty Can you good. Hear it? The worst thing is she wants to be up under my feet all day long. So, you know, and, and so she lays on a pile of cables that I have next to my desk and she just, that's where she wants to be, right by my feet, laying on the cables. So,
1: Is she there right now?
0: Uh, she's at the groomer right now, actually.
1: Oh, okay. I was going to bark for her and see if she'd <laughs> bark back.
0: No, no. <laughs> And I'm listening in my <laughs> headphones, so um, no, she, she wouldn't even hear it. <laughs> Not even with that good dog hearing.
1: Oh, boy. If you need e-learning, we're just an email away.
0: Corporate narration, tell us what to say. Explainer video, imaging radio, slinging local cars, reading IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class
1: VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast.
0: Bobby's in Cincinnati. Kevin Kilpatrick here in Nashville. This is the Middle Class VO Podcast, and Bobby, I'm going to start with uh, I'm going to start with some questions for you. Okay. Okay. What, I think you're going to go first. Let's Let's start. <laughs> we're going to start with a biggie. What is to date your proudest achievement in voiceover? Wow.
1: Wow. 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 Are you talking about in terms of a, a, a booking? Could be anything. Or just anything. It, it could or be anything. the
0: realization of, you know, I can do this. Uh, I've made it. Or it could be a particular project. It could be a breakthrough in, uh, you know, your performance. What is it?
1: I'll have to tell you. Um, can I do a two-parter? My first is probably sure. my, my biggest booking, which is the national voice of Overstock.com, because... It just goes on and on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I love it. And it's a national spot, and everybody knows Overstock. So as far as a booking, that has to be it. I mean, it just makes my ear. But ahead of that was when I did a a demo with a demo producer, um, they made a referral to one of the top agents in the country. And um, I was thinking, there's no way I'm going to be – picked up by this agency and um, they replied yes Bobby is very good I would consider bringing her on but she sounds like blank and I don't want to put any names out there mm-hmm. um, Who who's a very top talent and that just I was beaming I just felt so good and I felt really like I was up there you know I wasn't I wasn't learning voiceover anymore I, I've I've gotten to the to the point where I can book nationally and agents will look at me and felt like I had really
0: arrived. That's great. That is great. And congrats on the Overstock gig. I know you, you've been proud of that for several years, and I'm certainly happy that it's continuing uh, because it uh, certainly helps keeping the lights on, keeping the family fed, and all that good stuff.
1: <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, can I turn it around and ask you the
0: same question now? Yeah, you can. If you're not creative enough to come up with your own questions, sure. <laughs>
1: oh. oh snap! Seriously, did you just diss me like that?
0: <laughs> I could do that. I could do that because you're my work wife. True. What,
1: so, what is your proudest achievement to date, Kevin Kilpatrick?
0: In in voiceover, um, it might be my uh, National Geographic Hitler documentary that I did, just because of the story. That I was able to help tell, um, you know, about the uh, the American prisoners that were held in a Nazi war camp, uh, the fact that it got nominated for a Sovis, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do a two part two. Another thing that I'm really proud of is there's an app that I narrated several years ago called the Bible app for kids, and it has oh, been downloaded yeah. 20 million times. 20 Are you kidding me? M- no, I'm not. Twenty million times around the world, and that's amazing. Yeah, you know the the only thing is, oh, I wish I had had a good agent <laughs> at the time to negotiate that, like on a per download basis, because it was a it was a one and done kind of a deal. And uh, but but no kidding. Yeah, but I I get you know. Even within the last few weeks, I've had somebody say, "Kevin, are you narrating some Bible stories for kids?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's me." You know, so yeah, so um, that's that's another another one I'm really proud of. That's get worthy.
1: Those are both terrific achievements. The um and and you you hit a point there saying, you know you didn't really know any better. You didn't have an agent that got you to work. And that's that's something that we can pass along to people who are just getting started, is those are the things you got to look at. Because sometimes, you know, you might grab a job for $250. And just like, um, uh, what's her name? The voice of Siri. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a classic story for her. She, she had no idea what she was getting into. And now look at it.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And is
1: it Susan's, Susan, I think, was her name. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I can't. I I know who you're talking about. Um, and you know the thing is, is when I did that Bible app for kids, is I got a decent rate, but it was a buyout rate. Um, and yeah. you know, and it was just you know, oh, it's you know, tell Bible stories on an app, and I'm like, okay, you know, this is worth it, you know. Ah, uh, if you only knew how huge it was going to go, you know, you know. But lesson mm-hmm. learned, like you say. That's. A, I want to go back to a lot Bobby's. of downloads. That'll... Yeah. I, I, ooh, if I could have negotiated, you know, just like, you know, a penny per download even would have been sweet. <laughs> but, Bobby, let, I want to go back to your radio days. Bobby um, is a uh, radio personality or was a radio personality for 30 years or were you, were you just 30 years in Cincinnati? Um, or 30
1: total 30 years. Total? Of 30- 36 years, I think. Okay. Yeah.
0: And, and 30 of those were in Cincinnati, I guess.
1: I was wearing diapers, of course. <laughs> of
0: course. Of course. You got started when you were knee-high to a coyote. Bobby, yeah. m- my first question is, have they erected a statue of Bobby Maxwell in Cincinnati yet? For <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But... Were you? I, I, I have a.
1: I have one of those. Um, one of those blocks down in the, the pavement where you know when you walk into Cincinnati and they have you can put your name on a block. Really? Are, you, is it still there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's down by the uh, stadium.
0: Now, see, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's pretty cool.
1: So I mean, everybody else in town has one, but mom in there.
0: Hey, but you're there. You're there. You know, you could say you're one of only three people to have one. We'll just go with that.
1: So, right, right.
0: So, when you were a radio personality, did you ever have a overzealous fan? Did you ever have a fan that borderline stalked you, or did stalk you?
1: Are you kidding me?
0: I'll take that as a yes. <laughs>
1: How long is this podcast allowed to go? <laughs> wow! What
0: did you ever were you ever uh, in fear at any time?
1: Um, the I had several males and uh, in particular one female who stalked me, um, and she's really the only one that scared me because she pushed her way into the uh, front door of the radio station and into. Into the studio and just started ranting and raving about saying she was accused of killing somebody while she was in the hospital and pulls her shoe off and said, "Do you see blood on this shoe?" And I'm sitting here in in the studio in my chair at the board going, "Oh my gosh!" You know what do you do? What, what's she going to do next? Um, that one truly scared me. But um, she ended up she ended up uh, going to prison. Wow. And uh, she committed arson, and when she got out, she um, had a heart attack, and she passed. And her sister, going through her belongings, um, reached out to me and said, Ah, you must have been really close with her. Um, She had your picture in her room, and she had letters written to you, and I'm just going, What? Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she also got my home number when I was on uh, maternity leave. Which you know, <laughs> I was full of emotion and hormones anyway at the time, and uh, I had to change my number. But yeah, she she was definitely the worst, and and uh, I, I told her sister, I said, I am so sorry for your loss, but I can't tell you what a burden this is off of me, wow. knowing that she won't do anything to me in the future.
0: Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I had um, I had a couple of my own when I was down in Miami. Um, one was a female who would, uh, show up at various places where I was and I didn't know who she was. Um, she would call on the phone a lot and talk to me and she would then say, Hey, I saw you at such and such, you know, car dealership. Uh, you look nice and I'm like, where were you? You know, I didn't even see you. And she goes, Oh, I was there. I showed up. You were wearing this. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then, oh. and then you know, another time, oh, I, I stopped by the um, radio station and I dropped off a, a magazine, the catalog where I'm modeling in. And you can look <laughs> at it. I'm on page, uh, you know, 42 or whatever. And I went out to my room. Re- yeah. And sure enough, you know, the receptionist goes, yeah, uh, a, a girl dropped this off for you. Uh, and I said, go, go to page 42. And and I go, is this her? <laughs> she goes, mm, No. Not even close. That's not even close to her. And um, are you
1: kidding me? No, not at oh, all. Oh, wow, that's then, scary. So she never showed her face. She just pretended to be somebody else.
0: Right. Yeah. She That'd pretended be a great to be
1: catfish else. episode nowadays, wouldn't it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then I had one other guy that was always calling me and always begging me to put him on the air. And he was a funny guy. And so I'd put him on the air now and then. And, um, this was right around the time that the movie The Cable Guy was out. You remember that with Jim Carrey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Matthew Broderick? It was yeah. very much a Cable Guy situation. I can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Um, He got to where, you know, he would come see me at appearances and we'd laugh because he was funny, like I said. And then he would go around and tell people that he worked at the radio station and that he was part of the crew and all this stuff. And I had somebody come up and go, yeah, a gator. Remember, I was on the air as Gator down in Miami. Yeah. Gator. Um. I met your roommate the other day. And at the time, I had a roommate named Greg who worked with me. He he was on the uh, promotions team at the radio station where I worked, So he was my roommate and we were friends. We golfed together, whatever. And But Greg was the shyest guy. Uh, he worked in the promotions department, but he was totally behind the scenes kind of a guy. And he was very quiet and very shy and reserved and whatever. And they're like, yeah, I met your roommate. And they didn't say his name. And he's wild. He's crazy. He's so funny. And I'm like, what? Oh, no? That's no? um, <laughs> not Greg. <laughs> and then they, they described him. And I'm like, oh my gosh. That, and then so at this point, I started just ignoring this guy. He got to where he was calling me, leaving me message after message after message. We're having ourselves quite a little game of phone tag here. <laughs> and it was kind of like, uh, you know, very much like the cable guy situation. But finally that thing fizzled out. He did not go nuts on anybody.
1: It just blows me away that people go to that go, go that far to to stalk somebody and just how do they pick you and what's going through their mind it's just it's just very scary oh my goodness
0: let's go bobby um back to you what what is the biggest celebrity that you've ever rubbed elbows with or the coolest celebrity oh gosh. or the, you know the best experience with a well-known celebrity
1: um oh boy let's see my, my best interview ever was probably Huey Lewis um, in the studio on the air, and he was actually singing, and he's a funny, funny guy, and um, it, it was just, it was comical. I mean, it lasted for like a half hour, and, and just my, my, my favorite interview of my entire radio career, because awesome. he was so down to earth, and it was like I was just talking to you right there.
0: He seems like he'd be a cool cat.
1: He is. He he was funny, and, that, and that's a shame now that he's lost his hearing after all that. Um, but as far as the biggest star or person who I was in awe of was probably Elton John. Oh wow! Yeah, that's awesome. I, I was just too scared to move. It's like <laughs> was he in the studio <laughs> I don't, I don't with do you? Do anything wrong? Um, no, it was at at a concert backstage.
0: Okay. That is yeah. really cool. How about you? I had the. I, I've got two that I want to mention. Um. Well, three. Uh, my 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 third place finisher is Dawn Wells, Marianne from Gilligan's Island. No. <laughs> she spent an entire air, uh, an entire hour with me on air, uh, in studio. Really? Yeah, yeah. Did was... she
1: have her outfit on?
0: No, oh, no, no. She <laughs> was promoting a uh, a show she was doing at uh, in Miami Beach at the time, and I'm pretty sure she smelled of weed first thing in the morning um, but she was sweetest lady sweetest of course you know growing up I had I had it all in for Marianne I'll tell you. and so it was really cool Did to you? get to oh yeah woo um, and so it was really cool to get just gorgeous lady sweetest sweetest pie just the nicest lady. Um, I, I another time that I had a guest in studio was Kenny Rogers and he Aww. the kindest man, funny, funny. And he spent an hour with me and just shared so much. And even when the mics went off, he was talking with me and, you know, he's asking about me and stuff. And just, just a nice, nice man. The coolest, the coolest slash biggest celebrity I've ever hung out with. And I've probably literally spent about 30 minutes with this person um, in my career, Garth Brooks. Just the
1: Oh, I'm so envious. Oh, That's so cool. Bobby,
0: the coolest guy, when he was coming up uh, in the early 90s, I want to say it was 91 maybe, um, we were hosting a concert. I was at US 97 in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and it was Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood, and Chris Ledoux. Really? Chris Ledoux opened the show. No, Trisha Yearwood opened the show. Then it was Chris Ledoux and then Garth. So,
1: wait a minute. I thought Chris Ledoux was Garth.
0: No, you're thinking of Chris Gaines. Okay. No, Chris Ledoux was was a... uh, uh, him. Chris Ledoux was a rodeo guy turned uh, country singer, a Western singer, you know, more. But no, Chris Ledoux was big time among rodeo fans for his music. But Garth is a... uh, That's one of Garth's biggest influences is Chris Ledoux. And so he toured with him. This was right when Garth was putting out Friends in Low Places, like right around that time. And this was before him and Trisha got together. So... Uh, this is like early nineties, um, at like 90, 91, somewhere in there. So d- do a meet and greet with Garth Brooks backstage, the nicest guy. And we got, this was when Hans and Franz were really popular. Remember from Saturday night live.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So me and my, another DJ friend of mine got Garth to do the Hans and Franz poses and he was all about it. He was like, yeah, let's have some fun. And they got some good pictures. So, oh, how fun! Yeah, and, and so the concert has started. Trisha's already done her set. Chris Ledoux is just coming off, and we're hanging out with Trisha Yearwood backstage. And then, ladies and gentlemen, Garth Brooks. <sighs> and Trisha goes, "There goes Elvis." And you could see the admiration, or you could sense that admiration, because this is when he was still with Sandy. You know, his. First I was going to say,
1: was Sandy in the room too?
0: No, no, she was not. <laughs> But you could, I don't know. I got a sense. You got it. I sensed it. Anyway, and so so there's that story. And then uh, fast forwarded to the year 2000 when I'm in Miami. And we've got a an exclusive. Garth's doing three nights in a row that he sold out in Miami. And we've got an exclusive with him to hang out with him before the show backstage. My radio station did a big thing where they took all of us jocks uh, in a limo. And we got to hang with Garth uh, for a good half hour before the show. And I brought... My Hans and Franz picture that I'd taken about ten years prior. <laughs> Did <you>? Yeah, and <laughs> you know, and I don't know if he remembered or not, but he's like, "Yeah, man, I totally remember doing that." How are you, man? And and just just the nicest. Hey, really? guy. Really,
1: that's so neat. Yeah,
0: just the nicest, Aww. nicest guy. And P.S. He and I get our hair cut at the same place. Great Clips in Goodlettsville, Tennessee. No joke. No,
1: he doesn't.
0: Yes, he does. Well, does he? he
1: doesn't have much hair. Though,
0: no, he right? gets um it, it's funny because um my my hair cutter leader I, I was telling her, uh I don't know how it got brought up, but she said something about Garth comes here and gets his i I'm like, no, he doesn't. She goes, yeah, he does. Number four clipper, blah, 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 or whatever it was. And she goes, Yeah, he just does a buzz cut, basically. I'm like, you're kidding me. And like Two or three times later, when I came in to get my hair cut, I was sitting there waiting, and then I go back to get seated. And she goes, did you see him? And I go, who? What? Who? She goes, Garth. I said, what? She goes, he just walked right by you. I'm like, you're kidding. You're kidding. Oh, no. And he comes. It
1: could have been like your third meeting. and you say, I know,
0: Exactly. <laughs> you know, I feel like we're besties. I feel like there's going to be a day <laughs> where he's going to go, hey, Kev. I need a kidney. Can you help a brother out? And I'm going to be like, Yeah, Garth, I got you. And, but, but he goes into great clips and he doesn't put his name down and go Garth because everybody's head's going to snap around, you know. But his first name is Troyle, Troil Garth Brooks. And he goes by Troy. You saw that on, on the ledger? Well, he wow. goes by Troy, and that's what she said. She goes, he comes in and puts his name in as Troy. I'm like, oh, that okay. makes so much sense. So anyway. Well,
1: since you are so tight with them. Yeah.
0: You... <laughs> we live in the same city. How,
1: how about if we just d- double date, you know, since I'm your wor- work wife, Trisha and Garth and you and I. Exactly. And, you know, Steve, Steve and Deborah can come along if they want to. Power yeah. couple to power couple,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Speaking
1: of, I got friends in low places. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Bobby, okay. So you, you had a successful uh, radio career that we all know that you started when you're an infant. So after 36 years of doing radio, you made the transition to voiceover. Was there a moment though, when you got into voiceover after a while and you said, I'm going to be fine. I can do this. I'm going to be fine. Or what was it from the get go? that you thought you were going to be fine?
1: Well, given the fact that I had, you know, I mean, it was radio, so we did a lot of commercial work in production. So, and I had built up a lot of regular clientele already through the pay-to-plays. I wasn't, I mean, I was I call it, you know, taking a leap of faith leaving radio and I owe that to my, my husband who at the time said, you know, he, he had a good job. He said, Just do it. I know you want to do it, just do it and and I thank him for that. And then he did it to me two years or <laughs> two years just recently. <laughs> Paybacks are drag. But um you know, I no, I always felt from that first year I I Made or exceeded my salary from radio, you know, the first couple of years, and it's just gotten better and better. And I, I, I mean, we all have like, oh, why am I not booking? Fears, but overall, yeah, I, I've always had a confidence that I'm going to be okay. I think this is what I was meant to do. That's awesome. How about you? Um,
0: similar, I guess. Um, I didn't. You know, when I left there, the pay-to-play thing was in its infancy stages. Um, I'm talking about 2005, I guess. And when I went full-time. And, you know, at that time, I was mailing out CDs and emailing demos, too, was starting to become in vogue. And, uh, you know, I started getting, you know, some hits. You know, some people were like, hey, yeah, we like how you sound. And, you know, let's do this. And I started booking some stuff. And then I started you know, getting, you know, some of that stuff that I, I've always preached about is, you know, the regular income, the, you know, the monthly stuff, the uh, retainer stuff and, and that kind of stuff. So started getting some of that foundational income. And so, you know, it, it took a couple of years for me to get super comfortable um, thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to be fine. You know, I never, well, you know, I think there were a couple of times where I'm like, should I get back into radio? I miss being on the air <laughs> you know i th- that's one thing i do miss is doing a live show that, that's always so much fun and just you know it's a great uh, rush doing live radio but i wouldn't change a thing so um yeah maybe within a couple of years i thought oh i'm gonna be fine doing this
1: yeah do you have radio dreams still
0: I do. I I every couple of months I'll have one and it yeah. usually involves dead air. It usually involves yes. not having a CD ready or or you know the next song ready to play or or something like that or it involves you know, being asked to do a job. Do I want to take a, a full-time position? And you know, I did get asked. Really? I got asked by my old boss. Um, this is several years ago, so the position's not open, and then, so the person's not in danger of being fired anymore because they are long gone by now. <laughs> but I was asked about four or five years after I left, um, did I want to come back and do the morning show in Miami? And I'm like, no, wow. I'm good. You know, I'm I'm good. So, yeah. What, what about you in regards to dreams or nightmares?
1: I have dream, radio dreams at least once a week. Wow. And it's... It's usually about dead air, but it's it's deeper than dead air. It's like I'm trying to find something to, you know, a cart. Oh my god, I'm showing my age, or you know, something to play. It's not digital radio anymore. And like some one of the salespeople will come in and say, "Hey, you know, you, you have to you have to air this spot." And they'll hand me like, for example, a banana, and I'll say like, "I can't put a banana in a cart machine. How how am I supposed to?" <laughs>
0: For the listeners that don't know uh, what a cart machine is, picture an 8-track. And if you're yes. younger than 30 years old, you're going to have to Google what an 8-track is. But these <laughs> these are tape, uh, tape-operated tape mechanisms that were packaged in this hard plastic case, and the magnetic tape is what held the audio, and, and they were called carts. So just a little backstory on what a cart is.
1: Go to my Facebook page, and you'll see a picture of me from... Um, long time ago when there were actually cart machines in the picture. You saw it, right, Kev?
0: Yeah, I did. I did. That was cute. <laughs> that was so funny. That's so funny. Uh, so uh, let's, you know, keeping with radio, because I, I just thought we'd just ramble some today. Have you had a moment in radio, either on air or associated with radio, that is your most embarrassing moment that you can think of, uh, a time where like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this just happened.
1: Tell us more. Um, well, just probably when Steve proposed to me um mm. as Santa Claus. Yeah. I've that seen was, that video. I,
0: yeah,
1: I just I, I had no idea it was happening. I was in a bad mood that day. I was yell, you know, just kind of grumbling to everybody and and then he comes in, it was right before Christmas. We were supposed to go to um I think we were going to Thailand. So I, I knew that we wouldn't be in town. And so here he comes, opened the door, and, and he comes in in Santa. And he starts singing to me the Ed Sheeran song, um, Perfect. Or what's it called? That's terrible. I can't remember what song he proposed. But, I mean, I just, then the whole staff just came and filled up the studio and the windows watching. And I was like, I, I think I was most embarrassed because his voice really sucks.
0: but it was beautiful because of the intent
1: i'm just kidding i love him
0: (laughs) yeah how about you um let's go back to hot springs arkansas um where i was on air as the kev man that was my uh, nickname on the air there was kev man kev man in the morning and um one day uh, i was there on a weekend doing a shift And we had a Domino's pizza next door and we were given strict instructions. If we ever go outside of this door to always lock it. And this is on a weekend. We all had keys. Oh no. Um, And so I'd called the Domino's next door. I was going to get me some lunch and I locked the door as I go out, go get my pizza, come back to go in while my song is ending. And I forgot my key. I forgot my key, Bobby. And this was... And that was probably
1: before cell phones, right?
0: The cell phones were just coming around. I didn't have a cell phone in my pocket. I had to uh, borrow Domino's phone number. And thankfully, this is a time where you still had uh, phone numbers memorized. And so I Mm -hmm. had to call. I called uh, all the other DJs I could think of that I had their number in my head and none of them picked (laughs) up. And meanwhile, I've got dead air. I've got dead air, the song is long over, and so I have to call my general manager, and he lives oh. 20 minutes away from the radio station, he picked oh. up, of course he picked up, of course he did.
1: Mm.
0: And so, after about 30 minutes or so of dead air, you know, he comes and opens the door for me and lets me in, and yeah, that was uh, that was one Were of the fired? worst times. No, I didn't get fired. Um okay. At the Christmas party that year, as a gift, they gave me a trophy that was a golden doorknob.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
0: Oh, which was... uh,
1: That fear was going through your body. Oh,
0: it was horrible. Uh, You know, and uh, when I was in Miami, I was like, oh, I was all confident. I had all the swag. You know, this was young guy at night working the, the hot country show at night. And I thought uh you know Howard Stern was really popular at the time and I thought I would uh be wacky and zany and I had some concert tickets to give away. And so uh as a uh I stole a bit from Howard Stern to give away some concert tickets and you know looking back it was immature it was foolish. It was dumb. Um but I said, you know, who's willing to do the craziest thing, you know? And uh so this lady called in and she said, I'll do whatever. You know, I said, okay. Uh, I said, I want to recreate what Howard Stern did. And Howard Stern. Oh,
1: no. Yeah,
0: I know. Howard Stern did this thing where this lady came in in bikini and he uh put mayonnaise on her butt and <laughs> tossed baloney at it. And if it stuck, she won the <laughs> concert tickets. I know. I know. Even That's even saying plenty. it out loud. I didn't that. What?
1: That's pretty funny.
0: I hadn't heard of that. Oh, yeah. And so I decided to do the same thing on air on a country radio station, mind you. Oh, Kevin. I oh, know. Gator. I, know. I was in my 20s, and I was dumb, and I was trying to be wacky and zany and popular and, and you know, you know shocking to get ratings and all this stuff. And I nearly shocked myself out of a job um, because yeah, I, I got called in by my PD the next morning, first thing. Oh, he was irate. And he's like, man, I am so close to firing you right now. I'm so close to firing you right now. I'm like, okay, man, I'm sorry. I learned my lesson, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so that was that was pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> before we wrap up, Bobby, I, I got a couple more things for you. And I, this one, um, I, I shared a few of the questions with you before we started today. Uh, I didn't share these with you. I got two more inque- questions for you. Have you ever... I broken the law and or been arrested? And if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to.
1: I've never been arrested. I, You've I've...
0: broken the law,
1: though. I don't know. I'm such a good girl. Catholic upbringing, you know. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm trying to think, have I broken the law? I mean, speeding and stuff like that, but... Um... I don't think so.
0: Okay. All right. How about you? (laughs) Yes. So, one time, I was arrested for uh, drag racing. You ain't first, you're last. Um, Me and my buddy, Brett Foreman, God rest his soul... Uh were busted drag racing in Magnolia, Arkansas. And they they hauled us to the clink. They took us in jail and made us stay there not overnight, but for several hours that evening. My parents had to come get me. I was 18 years old, and it was like, ah, oh, come on, really. And um another story that I'll share with Brett Foreman, um, of <laughs> kind of breaking the law. And this is this is yeah, this has nothing to do with voiceover, by the way. This is just kind of getting to know me and Bobby a little bit. And good know Kevin in his younger, wilder days, and I've learned so Kevin. much. <laughs> What's that?
1: It may not be Kevin Kilpatrick and Bobby Maxwell in the Middle this
0: Bo podcast by the time this is over. <laughs> Looking for a new co-host because Kevin's in the clink. But no, <laughs> it was around the same time, and my my good friend and I, Brett Foreman, um, we had gone around. And I got to think, I, I'm going to have some family members listening to this that don't know the story. But um, we were in college, you know, how broke college kids are. And, you know, college kids, you know, like to have a, a drink now and then. And so me and my buddy, Brett Foreman, we would go around to the local motels in Magnolia, Arkansas in the evening at night and look for construction guys, pickup trucks. Invariably, there'd be an ice chest in the back. And invariably, there'd be a beer or two. And invariably, Brett and I would end up with a couple in our pockets. So we wanted to raise the stakes. Um, And so he calls me one day. He goes, hey, man, I've been walking around my neighborhood. And he goes, there's a garage that's down the road. And he goes, and their garage door was open. And I see cases of Jack Daniels boxes. I'm like, wow. And he's like, you want to go get us some Jack Daniels tonight? I'm like, yeah, man, sure. And so, um, mind you, we're like 18, 19 years old. And so about midnight, we go by, and sure enough, the garage door is still open, and there with a beacon shining upon it is this case of Jack, two cases of Jack Daniels. So these are not just a bottle, these are full boxes of Jack Daniels. And we go in there, we go to the garage, and we both grab a box, and we, we think we hear noise, and so we take off running. We are running, running, running with these big, heavy Jack Daniels boxes. And my my friend Brett was a little more slight than I am. He was probably about yes. five, seven at the time and probably like a buck fifty. And we're running, ironically enough, across a big church field. And my friend, he's like, man, this is so heavy. I don't know if I can carry it anymore. I'm like, come on, man, we gotta get going. Nobody can see us. Let's run, run, run. And he's like, man, I can't carry it anymore as we're running. And he goes, I can't carry it. And then he falls, drops the Jack Daniels case, the box flies off, and boom! Everything that's inside goes flying out. And in this box is not Jack Daniels bottles of whiskey. They Uh are church hymnals. Church hymnals. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I put down my box, I throw off the lid, church hymnals in my box too in a
1: jack daniels box that is hilarious
0: and i certainly think that was a sign from god that ha ha yes. gotcha <laughs> <laughs> and in two awesome. we were in the middle of this church park uh, this church field where it all happened and it happened to be my church field that my church that i went to. oh no yeah and we were just so embarrassed and we laughed and you know, you do dumb stuff when you're a kid like that. But we we just, you know, we we left them there and That's the so church funny. collected them the next day, and I think they found the rightful owner. I can't remember if it was somebody from our church. But uh, you know, the <laughs> hymnals were returned and nobody at that time ever knew. Now now somebody in Magnolia Ark and some might hear this and go, ha ha, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So much for what happens in Arkansas stays in Arkansas.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My one final How question for you, is. Bobby, before we wrap up on the Middle Class VO podcast, do you do any celebrity impressions?
1: Um, I do a really mean Wicked Witch.
0: Oh. Uh, from The Wizard of Oz. Well, you know, we got to hear it.
1: I'm going to have to back way off of the microphone. Hang on a second. Sure. see if I can do it.
0: Okay. i'll get you my pussy and your little dog too wow that is on point very nice
1: i think i blew out the meters in the studio
0: poor steve (laughs) do you ever have to pull that out on him when he's not behaving
1: yeah, really. <laughs> I did that to my my cat and my dog when I first got my puppy, and I just went up to them one day and and <laughs> yelled yelled that, and I looked at each one and was like, and your little dog too. <laughs> and they, th- they both took off running. <laughs> <in either direction. laughs> well, no kidding.
0: <laughs> I felt like disconnecting the source connect from you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh that's Lord. Funny.
0: That's funny. Yes. Well, okay. good job
1: there. Good job there. Feel better now.
0: I, I do one or two. Um, one of one of the I do. One I do was he was just in the news recently because he said uh, when he was boxing that he would use a fake part down below um, and his daughter's urine to pass drug tests. <laughs> oh Talking God. about Mike Tyson. Sure.
1: Oh yeah, okay. so I, I, didn't I guess when, you
0: know, whenever they're testing you and stuff like that, but he said yeah, yeah, he yeah, would yeah. bring in a fake apparatus and his daughter's urine and uh that's how he would That's how I'd pass drug test, Bobby. I would get the fake thing and I put it down my pants and then I would get my daughter's pee and then I would give it to the drug testers and say, "Hey, here's my pee. No drugs here." <laughs>
1: Very good. Man of many talents. <laughs> uh.
0: Anyway, I don't think anybody and learned that, anything folks today.
1: Is Kevin and Bobby? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Some deep, <laughs> deep, dark, dirty secrets. Um, but yeah, join us next time on the Middle Class VO Podcast, where we'll have some more substantive, substantial content for you.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll tell you all about our date with Garth and Trisha. <laughs> <laughs> The Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2 Media Productions production. All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob jingle was written and produced by Kevin. Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis.
0: Additional engineering by Zach Zimmet.
1: Bobby's hair and makeup by Rebecca Adlita.
0: Kevin's wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium.
1: All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean.
0: For the Middle Class VO Podcast,
1: I'm Tracy Thibodeau. I'm Lisa Lou Perry. Thanks for listening. And don't miss the next episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO
0: Podcast.